0: Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Hello there. We've been talking about childish things. Paul in 1 Corinthians 13 says that when he was a child, he spoke as a child, he felt as a child, and he thought as a child. But when he became a man, he put away childish things. So we've looked at various childish things that we can and should put away as mature Christians and today I want to look at this last lesson which is focusing on a passage in 1st John chapter 2 where it talks about relationships and who we are with and who we are against so let me read you the passage and it's a very interesting passage John the Apostle writes this now John was a very tempestuous emotional young man he was called the son of thunder when he was a young man but over his life, he mellowed and he became a very loving, uh, gentleman. And when he wrote this, he was in his 90s, probably. And he writes this, I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. So he's going to give three categories of people, little children, young men and fathers. So little children, I write to you because your sins are forgiven. Verse 13, I write to you fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you young men because you have overcome the wicked one. So that's the first little triplet. Children, fathers, young men. Children, their sins are forgiven. Uh, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. And young men, because you have overcome the wicked one, who you're with and who you're against. Then he repeats it again, and he adds a little bit of extra detail. He says, I write to you little children Because you have known the Father. So previously he'd said, your sins are forgiven. Now he says, you know the Father. There's relationship there. That's how we become believers. Our sins are forgiven from knowing the Father and believing in Jesus. Then he says, I write to you uh, fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. So he repeats it exactly the same the second time. And then he says, I've written to you young men because you are strong. And the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. So we see three categories of people and three descriptions of those three categories. Children are children in the Lord. They know the Father, God, and they uh, have their sins forgiven. It's like a baby coming into a family. Their first relationship is with their mom and their dad, predominantly their mom. But here he says, as new believers, our first relationship is with Father God and our sins are forgiven. We're starting to get into the family. We love God. We believe in him and Jesus's death for us on the cross and our sins are forgiven. Great. Then he says fathers. So he skips to the last category. And it's interesting because fathers and children, he calls these people again and again when he writes to them. John calls them his little children. So he considered himself a father. And he says, I'm writing to others who are mature in the faith. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. And he's speaking of Jesus. So a little child in the faith knows the father and trusts and loves him. A father in the faith has developed to where he has an intimate knowledge of Jesus. You know, when we read the gospels and and we pray and we We work out salvation in our lives. We get to know Jesus. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit who's inside of us is called the Spirit of Jesus. He is Jesus' Spirit. Jesus said in John 14, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to send you another one like myself. And I will come to you. Speaking of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit in us, we work with Him. We get to know Jesus. So young children have their sins forgiven and they know the Father. Fathers in the faith obviously have children. Otherwise, you wouldn't be a father in the faith. You have other believers who you are helping. But also, you know him who is from the beginning. And then he says, young men. The first time he says, I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. The second time he says, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. So my first point in this childish things final talk, is that we need to know who we are linked with and we need to know who our enemy is. And, you know, when people are little children, relationships are very important. Obviously, family is the first relationship, mom and dad, perhaps brothers and sisters. And then when they start going to preschool and interacting with other little children, it's all about, are you my friend? Are you in my little group of friends? Can I come to your party? Will you come to my party? It's about relationships, but then also children are working out. How do I deal with difficult people and who are my enemies? And you might say to me, children don't have enemies, but in reality, children are working out who is my enemy? Who should I be against? And children are very fickle. They will like somebody one day and then When it's not fashionable, they'll turn against them and they say, I don't like you anymore. And I'm sure all of us have memories of being little children where these relationship aspects were being worked out in our lives. Now, as believers, it's the same thing. We have to work out who's my family, (laughs) who am I with, who is close to me, who am I joined with and committed to, and who am I against? There's another verse in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 1. Same book, same author, John writing to the same people just a little bit later in the letter. And he says, Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves him who begot, which means the Father, also loves him who is begotten of him, which means other Christians. Another version, the NLT says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. This says that if I am in a relationship with God, which I come into by believing in Jesus, I have my sins forgiven, I love the Father, but if I love the Father, I will be linked to his children too. I wonder if you're an orphan, Christian. I wonder if other Christians have hurt you, misunderstood you. Maybe you feel like you don't fit in, and so you think it's just me and the Father. Friend, I want to encourage you. Try again. Churches are not perfect. Other Christians are not perfect, but neither are you, nor am I. None of us is perfect, and we need to have a bit of grace and try to get on with each other. Everyone who loves the Father is linked already to his other children, but we've got to try and work out these relationships. And so the first thing is linking myself to other believers. In this little triplet of sayings that John has given us, there are fathers, there are young men, and then there are children. And we need to link ourselves. We need to start as children, link ourselves to God the Father, obviously, but also fathers in the faith, other believers who can help us and lead us and guide us. And then as we grow, we become young people in the Lord spiritually. And the way we do that is by getting the word of God in us. He says, young men, you know the word of God. The word of God abides in you and you are strong and you've overcome the wicked one. And this is a sign of a person maturing, is that they are no longer treating other people as their enemies, but they are seeing the devil and his work as the enemy. You know, when a little child is in preschool and and primary school, they are very petty, they turn against other children, but as they mature, they realize, it mustn't be people that I'm against. I shouldn't hate people. I shouldn't say that people are the problem and attack personalities and attack people and speak badly about other people. Unfortunately, many adults still do that, but a mature person realizes Yes, I can speak against ideas that I disagree with, and, and we can speak against harm and evil and, and things that are hurting people, but I don't attack personalities. There's a, a sin in the Bible which God speaks very strongly against in 1 Corinthians 6. He says if you're still doing that, if you're insulting and speaking character assassination or hating other people, then you're not a believer. You don't have eternal life within you. We've got to love other Christians as our family but also other people who are not in the family of God are not our enemies but we can speak and pray and work against injustice and harm and error and sin and things that are not right while loving the people I know it's kind of a hard distinction to get but it's a sign of maturity when we're no longer attacking people but we're fighting the devil you may say to me how do we fight the devil and the weapons of our warfare 2 Corinthians 10 it says they're not carnal they're not worldly they can't be touched and seen the weapons we fight with are not earthly tools but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds we take thoughts captive and bring every thought into the obedience of Christ we we working against lies of the devil And we're setting people free, just like Jesus walked around and he spoke truth. He brought forgiveness. He brought life and healing. But he also spoke against sin. That is our our rule of thumb, not against the person, but against the wrong idea and against the sin and the devil behind it. So we pray and we prophesy and we preach. And as we do that, we are pushing back the devil. You know, we have the keys of the kingdom. Jesus said in Matthew 16, we can bind and loose. We can lock and unlock things through prayer. We can say we're praying against that spirit of greed or or immorality or whatever it is. And we can bind things and we can pray a release of God's power in his kingdom and his life in places. And the devil is pushed back. So the first point is family relationships and who is your enemy. This helps us to understand how we are moving along from being childish to being mature. And now I just want to press in a little bit more into this last point where he says, fathers, I write to you fathers, because you've known him who is from the beginning. But John himself was a father writing to his little children. And I want to just encourage you, Christian, Have you moved on from just being someone who is a spectator, maybe sitting back, waiting for others to minister to you? Have you moved on to the place where you are now trying to minister to others and develop others and bring others along? I've got one more passage to share with you, and it's from Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, where he says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, (laughs) I'm going to speak directly to you, Christian, If you've been a believer for a a few years, he says, by this time, you ought to be a teacher. You ought to be teaching at least one other person the things of God. Though by this time you ought to be teachers, you still need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. He says to them, quite strongly, you still always need someone to minister to you and to teach you. And it's the same basic principles over and over again. In the next chapter, Hebrews 6, he lists those six basic principles, uh, repentance, faith, and various other things. And there are six of them, and he lists them. And if you find yourself always just needing someone to teach you again and again. Now, I'm not against preaching. I'm not against teaching. I think we need each other and we should continually be receiving those things. But if you're not giving out, if you're just a consumer and you don't give back to others, then there is a problem, this says. He says you need milk and not solid food. And then he gives us a bit of a description of this. He says, for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. He says some of us have eaten the word of God brought to us by others and we have digested it and by reason of use, it has worked itself out so that it is having an effect in our lives. It is changing us. We are discerning good and evil. We're learning ourselves how to read the Bible and ascertain what it means. In, an, in uh, Timothy, Paul says, become a workman that rightly divides the word of truth. We've got to use the tools that God has given us, common sense, logic, the power of his spirit, and the rest of the Bible to interpret the Bible so we know what it says. So we don't always need somebody else to tell us what it says. And then we start to give it out to others. You know, uh, milk is something that a mother produces after eating good food. She produces something that a baby can digest. A teacher of the word of God. Digest the word of God. They live it out. They work it out by reason of use, by trial and error. They work out, how do I live this out in my life? And after a time when it is starting to have an effect in their lives, then they start to give it back to other people, but in a form that looks like milk. In other words, it's a simplified form. It's a tasty form. It's a form that they can digest easily. And so my last point is, let's move on. From childish things to mature things, where we start to become teachers of other people. And there's a lovely passage in James chapter 3, which I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm just going to read a few points to you. He starts off in verse 1. He says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. So this seems to be slightly different to what Hebrews says. In Hebrews, he says, you should be teachers. Here he says, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. What he's saying is, be aware that this is a high calling. Not avoid it, but go into it with your eyes open and realizing how important and and bigger thing it is to teach God's word to other people. There will be a stricter judgment. God will look to us and say, did you represent my word correctly? Did you... Speak with truth, with integrity, with honesty. Uh, did, you, did you tell people the real word of God uh, rather than just putting your own interpretation on things? We will receive a stricter judgment. And then he describes in verse 13, those who have the wisdom that makes them good teachers. And I'm reading this in a, a sense of, of trepidation because I know it applies to me. And, and I think we should all do this. Uh, I'm not saying we shouldn't become teachers. I'm saying we should bear in mind that this is how God wants us to move on to maturity. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. So wisdom is the person who is able to teach others and he's going to give us the characteristics of wisdom. And the first is good conduct and meekness. He says, who is wise, let him show by good conduct and wisdom. There should be a good lifestyle. If I'm living a profligate lifestyle where I'm completely out of control, I probably haven't absorbed the word of God by trial and error, by reason of use to discern good from evil and the the word of righteousness. And I probably shouldn't be teaching on this. But there's good conduct and then there's a meekness. There is a Humility. There's not a a thing of boasting or putting ourselves forward or saying it's our ideas. It's God's idea. But then he goes on to say something we should be aware of. He says, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion And every evil thing is there. So he says this wisdom. If you have bitter envy and self-seeking, it's actually not from God. It's an earthly, sensual, demonic thing that's not good. But he says it seems like wisdom. He says this wisdom is not from above. What is he talking about? You know, when a person says, I'm going to show you why I know better than all the other Christians. Or why that Christian is so bad and so wrong. And all of their talk is attacking other Christians (laughs) instead of attacking the enemy, the lies of the devil, and instead of showing meekness and love. If they're just attacking other Christians to make themselves seem the clever one or the right one or the more righteous one, he says be careful of that because there may be bitter envy and self-seeking where they're jealous of others and they're fighting. Let me put it this way to you. They're fighting other Christians instead of fighting the the devil. They're trying to get other Christians to to say, yes, you're right, instead of trying to get non-believers to say, I love Jesus. And we need to get our focus on who is the real enemy. And he says where there's bitter envy and self-seeking or or ambition in our hearts, the, the root behind these words is like politics where a person is trying to gain followers uh, and popularity to be voted into a position he says that's not of God but then he goes on to say verse 17 but the wisdom that is from above is pure peaceable in other words not trying to have a fight trying to bring peace gentle not angry and, and frothing at the mouth willing to yield willing to submit to legitimate authorities full of mercy Does grace come out of them? And good fruits without partiality, in other words, fair in their judgments, without hypocrisy. In other words, if they say it, they do it. And now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. What he says here is the fruit of righteousness. In other words, consider yourself a tree. The sap and the life of God flows into the tree. It produces fruit of righteousness. You know, the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. The fruit of righteousness has come. And then it says it is sown in peace. It is sown. This, every fruit has seeds in it. And that fruit is sown through teaching. The the teachers say, I've absorbed the word of God, uh, the milk, and I've produced life in myself. And I'm going to sow it out as seeds to others in fruit form, which is tasty and sweet and easy to eat. And I'm going to give it to you, the fruit of righteousness in my life. I'm going to show you how it's worked out in my life. Uh, It's sown in peace by those who make peace so we've done a whole series on putting away childish things we started in 1 corinthians 13 verse 11 where paul says when i was a child i spoke as a child i felt as a child i thought as a child but when i became a man i put away childish things we spoke about how god's love is the thing that is the source because 1 corinthians 13 is the love chapter and we have to receive this love and this acceptance and this forgiveness from god so that we can become mature. It comes from God. And I said to you in that sermon, have you moved to becoming a mature adult? Has God's love so come into your heart that you say, I'm released and free to serve Him and to love others. And that thing of speaking, feeling, and thinking as a child, and then putting away childish things. We spoke about how children often speak before they think, they feel, and then it, de- it decides how they, how they think. They, they let their feelings and their words run away with them. Whereas adults think first, that changes their feelings. And then after they've thought it through, they speak. And so we're looking at maturity. We spoke about boundaries and how we're supposed to have boundaries for our own lives, but also respect the boundaries of others. And that was extremely important and helpful. We spoke about trials and pain and difficulties. Uh, We've spoken about many different things in how we put away childish things, how we have a goal and an aim in life that is a mature goal and a mature aim. And in this talk, we're speaking about who do we link ourselves with, the family of God, God the Father, and other believers, and who is our enemy, the devil. Friends, we at Leading Lights Network, have developed a website to try and help people become leaders in whatever area of the world they are and whatever area of life they live and whatever level of maturity they are in their Christian walk. We've got so many teachings, uh, resources uh, on every different subject, but then also we've got practical things to say to you. How can you start a small group? Maybe it's just you and one other person in your home, praying together or studying the Bible. Maybe it's an online thing where you go on social media and you gather some people and you pray and you read the Bible together. Maybe it's starting an alpha course or some other type of course. Uh, We've got resources and Bible study notes and materials, some of them using the U version Bible, which many people have on their phones nowadays. Uh, Some of them are printed materials. Then we've also got people who have started ministries who would love to help you and pray for you and answer any questions that you might have. Now, we've had people uh, from all walks of life. There, There are little old ladies who thought that their life was behind them and they've been inspired to start something at the age of 80 and invite a few people to their home. There are some people who live in little villages and they're quite shut in and they can't get out to churches And they've invited a few people around and they've started having fellowship in their homes there are some people who are in existing churches and these resources have just helped them and augmented what they were doing for the Lord but I want to say to you friend believer Christian don't just sit on your hands don't just stay as a child God wants us to grow he wants us to mature Jesus has given us a great Commission to take his love and his light to the whole world and to every type of person. And it's gonna need all of us, every Christian, all believers taking the whole message of God to the whole world with the power of God. Lord Jesus, I pray for my friend who's watching me right now. I pray that you would help all of us to mature, to grow, to move from child to young person to adult in the Lord, and to disciple other people and to have an effect in the place that we live. Lord, I pray your empowerment, and I pray for anyone who's feeling guilty and who's feeling that they've blown it, that right now, Lord, as they just turn that over to you and confess that your mercy and your forgiveness floods in, that you fill them with your peace, with your love, with your power right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.